Show presents Scratch It Trailer. The podcast where we debate which track to scratch off some of the most known and unknown albums of all time. We live in an era of singles. This is an album. People no longer listen to an album for the work it truly is. It kind of defines a band. It's just not something that people relate to nowadays. We've all gotten the dreaded. Started out as a game. Which track on the album would you scratch out if you had to? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of Scratch a Track presented by the Dude and Grim Show. I'm the dude, and with me always is Grim. What up, Grim? Dude, what's shaking? Dude. Oh, just I'm feeling. You know, I'm out west, and I'm fe- I'm feeling a little lonesome. At the same time, it's kind of crowded out here. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't make any sense, and yet it does. It, it it does. I know, dude. The the oxymorons, the double negatives, the whatever you want to call them. Isaac Rock, he's really good at them. He's I know, really good at them. Yep, I, so. I would agree. Great, great lyricist, yep. great vocalist. Yep. Um, yes. I don't know exactly what I felt about it when I first heard it, but I would certainly say in these times and as I've grown, one of my favorite albums, bar none. Yes. And if people haven't guessed what album we're talking about by saying Isaac Brock, The Lonesome Crowded West, or reading the title that's on the episode that you clicked on, this is Modest Mouse's The Lonesome Crowded West. Yeah. Um, So when did you first hear about this and who did you hear about it through? Cause I know I heard about it obviously like many albums through, through you and the, the memory that really stands out is I remember being at our summer job, sitting in your truck when we probably should have been working and listening <laughs> to, listening to, uh, gosh, what song is it? It's the one, uh, long distance drunk. I just oh, always, yeah. remember, I always Love remember, that song. I always remember hang it up now or never, yep. hey, you know, I, I, I just, that always again. stuck, that just always stuck with me. So how are you introduced to this? Cause this came out in 97 and we didn't start listening to it. I think until we were in college. Yeah, I'm so, going right? to say at least sophomore, junior year. Um, just in our circle of friends, um, Alex Furda. Alex No, Evil? Alex oh. Furda, um, affectionately known by many at the time as Furby, I believe. Um, he really? was just a huge yeah. Modest Mouse fan, and I hadn't really heard of him, and he would always talk him up, and so... This was just one of those ones that I got a hold of first as an album, and um, you know, yeah, the rest is the rest it. is history. Like blowing off work at Country Place in Hillcrest, and right, you know, right. blowing off work, blowing trees, and listening to Mo- <laughs> Lonesome Crowd of West. I mean, dude, it was the best job ever. I mean, uh, right, dude, better I than mean, it was. <laughs> God, I, I just, I feel like it's, if, if all else fails, I really think it's something we could go back and we could, st- yeah. <laughs> we could still do it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dude, I can still paint with the best of them. Oh yeah. I, dude, I can fix a nail popper so too. Yeah. Ooh. And there were plenty. Uh, anyways, we're getting completely off track here. Back to uh, Modest Mouse's Lonesome Crowd West. So yeah. So this came out in 97 and this is considered this. I, I actually found this kind of interesting. This is considered their second studio album 
And their their first one, the, I guess, the studio album was the a long drive. Right, this is a long drive with nothing to think about yeah. or something. And and so I guess they're considering though, um, because in between those, they came out with an EP, which was the fruit that ate itself. I do like um, that a lot too. Yeah, and that seemed to be more of like, at least if you listen to the quality, more demo ish. Um, so I'm not. I, well, I, I, don't, I don't really know. A little more if it was experimental like a studio. Too. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like backwards stuff, and and I don't know. I, I've always liked it. I, I like all the stuff yeah. from that period. Um, yeah, I I, I I liked it too. It just it didn't seem as polished though as um, the the long drive with nothing to think about. No, whatever, and even me. so, uh, it's funny you use the word polished because a lot of people talk about the lonesome crowded west as not being very polished. Oh. I mean. Just for example, think about maybe something else that came out in '97, like OK Computer. I mean, this this was recorded in terms of overall recording quality. Might as well have been recorded in a basement compared to OK Computer, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. But there's there's something about every bit of it, and it's and it's like uh, just sincerity. And it's grit, and it it's. Yeah. I think it will always stand the test of time. To me, it's like the ultimate lo-fi album. Yeah, it's. I mean, I remember hearing this, and I think I I started getting into when I started getting into them, um, the whatever their 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 hit album that most people would probably know is good news for people who know bad news which that is a very polished album right like that like it sounds crisp clean and i know we can talk all day about you know who's if do they sell out and all this stuff whatever that's that's not it but when you compare the sound of that album compared to this album night and fucking day right oh absolutely but to me I'll, i'll always relate and like this album more Sure. Um, yeah. I. Well, it's it, not that I would say this. This. This is like a concept album by any means, but but there is the the big major theme that you know Isaac Brock and the other members in the band, uh, Dan Gallucci, Eric Judy, and Jeremiah Green. They they talk a lot about you know they grew up in the Pacific Northwest and they talk about how. Basically, I, I think in the documentary they say basically it got mall fucked. Yeah, right? yes. Like, like it's just strip malls and strip malls, and they would there would be a strip mall and they would close it down, and and then two miles down the road they'd build a new one, and yeah. it's just like it, that was just such a big thing, kind of in the late nineties and I mean in into early to mid two thousands as well, like the especially before the internet became what it was amazon yeah absolutely what it what it was Um, well and and it's weird so you have this theme of of urban sprawl so to speak right and then aside from that it's it's basically this diary of a bunch of guys who don't have a bunch of money and are trying to make it in this band driving around the country and and doing it all on their own dime and yeah, you kind know. of documenting what what they're seeing and yeah. writing about their experiences. I mean, that's what essentially that's like a song like Trucker's Atlas is kind of about. And yeah, um, yeah, and out of gas. I mean, there's just there, there's so many. It's it's really good. And and I when we first got on here, we were kind of joking a little bit about 
Isaac Brock and and some of his uh, you know he's the main I, I would say he's the main creative force be, oh, behind Modest the Miles. only consistent or one of the only consistent members yeah. and his uh, his lyrics is they can get really out there but man he's got he he does some amazing play on words uh, that I are are I would say in a certain sense uh, you could say Dylan esque. And yeah. and he he also said when when this when they were recording this album and planning to he was actually listening to a lot of Bob Dylan but but he does have a good play on words and he does these sort of double negatives or oxymorons I mean you think about the the title itself the lonesome crowded west it it yeah. doesn't make sense and it make and it makes sense oh I know right? it's yeah it it's funny and you know going back to that whole idea um of of his lyrics and um what they mean and and what what the band was doing one thing i that i always liked from the documentary they said is the album never really did that well outside of the united states because it was such a definitive like american album because it was so much about what was going on here in the cities and towns that it it didn't resonate outside of it which which i always found really interesting but it is it is kind of a distinctly uh i guess in some american american album in that way yeah i think isaac brock also said at the end he was like it probably also had something to do that they just didn't like you know an american guy with an accent yelling at him with a lisp yeah (laughs) That, that that that's another factor i'm sure yeah. um which he which he does do on this album i mean this i feel like this album is it i, I love it it's one of my favorite it, it, it's all over the place but one thing they really do throughout the album is they really ramp up they can ramp up the tempo and then mm-hmm. ramp it back down and he can he can sing really nicely and then man the next before you know it he's like screaming in your face again but it, yeah but not but not in a like a thrash metal kind of way, right? It's not no. like the scene for Mace Ventura, right? Like, it's not that. <laughs> no, no, Greg is not here. Um, no, Greg, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, one thing, uh, somebody had heard me listening to this that didn't know it and asked me if I was listening to, like, hardcore punk. But And it, and it does, some of the songs do kind of, kind of echo some of that uh, older hardcore punk feel. For sure. They do. They do. Uh, they, they definitely have some of those characteristics. Um, well, I found it, you know, I found it interesting that, you know, okay, so, so this is 97. This is a little post grunge. Yeah. Um, and uh, in the interviews I've seen with Isaac Brock, they they really, it, this sounds funny. He, he wanted to be associated with, with Issaquah instead of, you know, the Seattle, Seattle sound yeah. or, or, or Olympia sound. And to me, that's such an interesting concept that a certain city, I mean, they're already in a small region, right? Yeah. And you think of just the Pacific Northwest and Oregon, but then, um, or, or Washington and Oregon. Um, but then you're like, oh, Seattle has a sound and Olympia has a sound and maybe Portland has a sound and Issaquah has a sound. That To me, that's... It, it's so interesting because I don't think of that. I guess no, I uh, don't either. Um, I, I mean, I certainly do with Seattle because I mean, you could just start rattling off the bands that you would have fucking s- Seattle Seven, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not the revised second draft, but yeah, no. you could just start Poor rattling off the the um, 
the names of of the bands that comprise the Seattle sound and and sure like this this music doesn't sound or feel or even talk about for for most for the most part any of that you're right it doesn't so I, I guess I guess I kind of get that because it's you know in in a typical fashion of a lot of music uh, there's some sort of rebelling against something. Yeah, searching and, and for I, that I, uniqueness. Sure, and I, I I can understand not wanting to be characterized as oh this band's from Seattle so they're they're this band or they're from Olympia so they're this band. It's like no, we're own our own fucking band and we have our own sound and. You know, why don't you listen to us, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, kind of how I, how I, you know, heard the story to go is they they put together a demo and uh, you know Sub Pop. A lot of people are familiar with Sub Pop Records. I think that was like what Nirvana first got on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they submitted the demo to Sub Pop, and Sub Pop d- decided to pass on it. But there's another record company called Up Up Records, and they were in the same building. And they were all about the Modest Mouse sound. And so they recorded the, you know, this is a long drive album uh, on, on up, uh, up records. Oh, and that okay. kind of, from, from a regional perspective, it, it definitely became a hit. Like people were into it, like in, in that region there. And then, so they, I think they went on, uh, they went on like a, some short tours. Uh, they, they did like a, a short kind of West coast tour. And then they did a longer I don't know if it's a national, but but a bigger, bigger, longer tour, not just like 10 days up and down the coast or something. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when a lot of the songs for Lonesome Crowded West uh, were were really con- conceived. And so they got um, they, they basically went into the studio. My understanding is they went into the studio uh, with everything kind of planned out it wasn't like they were one of those bands who got into the studio and was like well hey you know i got this little jingle or this like i think mm. they had a pretty good a yeah. pretty good um you know basis for what they were going to record and dude for 17 consecutive days they just recorded this album yeah and and the the engineer i think a producer engineer his name is like scott swayze i mean he just said that they would go in they would record until they basically couldn't stay awake and they would just couldn't uh you know couldn't see straight and then it was like, okay, we're going to call the day and they go to sleep and then they come back the next day and do it. And I mean, seven, 17 days, there is a lot of content on this album. Oh yeah. Um, like it's, that's, that's really impressive. I, well, it, to, it, it comes close as young to, as these guys are too. Well, yeah, sure. But it, it comes close. I mean, if you want to talk about content, um, it, it gets close to pushing what you could put on a CD, let alone a vinyl. Oh yeah. I mean, you're, yeah, it was almost Almost 74, 74 minutes. minutes. Yeah, that's which is a long that's, album. I mean, that's crazy for, you know, especially for a band who, I mean, yeah, I, I think the, you know, this is a long drive with nothing to think about. I think it's a decent album. But it, I mean, I guess content wise, I, I just feel like uh, it's they not just, this. No, they, they kicked ass. Like this album is, is pretty, pretty good, man. It's deep. It's got some emotional tracks to it. Uh, it's got some, some really long songs. Like there's some really, really long songs, 11 minutes, seven minutes, six minute songs. Uh, and there's a lot of really good transitions. So to be able to put most of the tracks down in, in 17 days is, is, is pretty great. Pretty impressive. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, 
And then there were a few songs, and I think, I don't know, is it Cowboy Dan or it's either Cowboy Dan or Doing the Cockroach. I forget which one it was. I'll, I'll have it in my notes later. But another guy, Phil Eck, actually produced three songs that they had to they had to re-record some songs because i think when they listened to them they were a little out of tune i know one was cowboy dan and i remember them saying that um that they he could he had to like almost dumb it down a little bit because they didn't want it to sound noticeably better than the rest of the album right right yeah and and i imagine that I mean, I don't know the the other guy, uh, Scott Swayze. I imagine you know he's a good producer and engineer. I almost wonder if that has more to do with you know the equipment they were using, the studio they were using. But but yeah, he was like, don't make it sound like shit, but don't you don't want it to be noticeably you know, different. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to have a consistent sound. And to be honest, I mean, I I don't I don't hear any uh, inconsistencies from one track to the next in any of the songs really from a production standpoint. No, I I, I feel like they're pretty they're pretty consistent. Yeah. Oh wow! Um, yeah, he did <laughs> Teeth Like God, Shoeshine, Doing the Cockroach, and Cowboy Dan. Three of my favorites on the album. <laughs> oh man, pretty solid, right? Yeah. Pretty pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um. Well, should we? Uh, I don't know. Should we get into this one? Maybe. Yeah. I think is there anything? Time. Yeah. Is there anything? So, and I think it's. I'm pretty sure they recorded this. At least to my knowledge, I I, I don't know of, about the Phil Lec, uh, Phil X sessions, uh, but I think this is all analog, right? I would guess, but at that time. At that time, there were a lot of multi-track recording machines that were sort of some marriage of digital and analog. So you had like an ADAT machine. And Is that kind of like Mr. Bungle, what they used a little bit? I or? think so. And if you and if you okay. like daisy chain those together, you could hard sync them and then double your tracks. And my guess right. would be a machine like that because... You know, even those smaller studios, it actually is not cheaper to go full analog. It's a fucking lot more expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. So that would be my guess. I think a lot of stuff at that time um, was done on like an ADAT machine. Right. Right. Um, Well, I think I, I think I think we should get into the album because this is like we just said a few minutes ago. There's 15 tracks on this album of almost 74 minutes of, of music. So it is, it's dense, man. It's, it's very, very dense. Mm-hmm. And some of these songs, there's a lot of transitions, a lot of ups and downs It ebbs and flows really well. Um, it's it, yeah, it, it goes a lot of places. It really, I, I feel like it really does it. And I, I think it should just be noted. I know I mentioned something earlier about Isaac Brock's age. He was, what was it here? He was, he was 22 years old when they recorded this. And some of the things he's singing about and the lyrics that he's using and, and what he's putting together yeah, is, that's, um, is wisdom beyond your years, man. Oh, like hell it's, yeah. it's, to be able to, to be that age and see the world in, in that way, that's that's pretty impressive in my book. So, mm-hmm. um, Without a doubt. Yeah. So tell me, dude, we, we start off with Teak, uh, Teak, 
Teeth like God's shoe shine. What what are your initial impressions right off the bat with with this track to start an album? Oh, I I love how it comes. I mean, it just kicks you right in the nuts um, coming in. They don't waste I any mean, time. <laughs> no, it comes in real hot, and and in many ways, it it talks about um, just a lot of things. I mean. Teeth like God's shoe shine. I, I always would think it's like a like a homeless man's teeth. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, just that. That's I don't know, but it, it the the line that stands out to me the most is the malls are the soon to yep. be ghost towns because, dude, guess what? There a lot of malls now are fucking ghost towns, and there's yeah. an interesting show. Um, that you can find called abandoned and they go through these malls that are just like dude crumbling and falling apart that haven't been occupied in years. And yeah. It's, I mean, if that wasn't one of the most prophetic things that's ever yeah. been uttered in a song, I don't know what is. And I love dude. how hardcore uh, the song is. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, we just, you know, this is 1997 and, and I look at our, our hometown where we grew up Muskegon and you look at the malls and the stores and the shops around there. You remember remember when there was on Sherman? Remember when it was like Circuit City and Fazoli's oh, yeah. and Fridays? And dude, that was hot shit, man. That was like the place to be. God. That's where you went. Yeah. Well, and then and then like as you know, and then a couple miles down the road, you go down to Sternberg, and there was that's where like the Barnes and Nobles was, and there was like mm-hmm. a Hooters, and then there's a Best Buy, and then and then when we were in college, they built Rivertown Crossing in Grand Rapids. And it was like, well, all the Muskegon shoppers are going to Grand Rapids. So Muskegon needs to build a mall. Well, Muskegon build a mall. Last I checked, not doing so hot. And, well, and it's just. Dude, remember it, the Muskegon mall? The one that was oh, downtown? Yeah. I mean. I do. Yeah, God. I do. I do. Uh, yeah. Dude, with insanities. Oh, man, uh, I got some good t-shirts there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Among other things. Uh, among other things. Um, anyways, that's another episode. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's amazing how 97, like this song still holds, holds true. Couldn't I mean, be truer. These, I mean, it really yeah. couldn't be truer. Yeah. Wow. Um, then we move on to the second track of the album, which is heart cooks brain. Some, some really great, uh, titles, uh, <laughs> for some of these songs, dude. Mm-hmm. Right. But, uh, heart cooks brain. Um, you know, one thing I noticed right away that they do, like he doubles his vocals, which uh, some that's something Modest Mouse will do a decent amount is they'll double his vocals. But then there's also there's songs where we have the classic way, way back vocals yep. um, that are recorded, the shouting vocals in the distance, which yep. I know you and I, you and you and I love. Um, but the the line that really stands out to me in this song is like, I push things out through my mouth and get refilled through my ears. Yeah. It's, uh, there, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of good ones and it's, you know, we tore down, uh, we tore one down and erected another one there. Again, it's just talking about, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, we have one here, but let's build one better. So let's rip it down and we'll just put something else in its place. And, yeah. Um, and one thing I always you know. liked about this song is that they have uh, a guest DJ and there's the use of some turntables on here, which is, is really was, interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I was like, yeah, in in the song, I was like, there's some really cool effects, and there's like, you know, some uh, some backwards sounds. Uh, it sounds like, and it's kind of some record scratching. And so, okay, there's a DJ on it. That, yeah. that makes a lot of sense then. DJ yeah. Ko. 
Ooh, knockout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What if there's a DJ TKO? <laughs> there yeah. should be. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. So yeah, I I've I've always I've always liked that song. I and I don't know if it is really about anything other than just that idea of the constant influx and processing of information. Yeah, I I it seems to be pretty much kind of it. Yeah, I think that's that's probably but it. But it, it's, it's worded it's worded so well and the Dude, the lyrics awesome. are great. And yeah, and then you go I, I've always felt like the third song, Convenient Parking, is very similar to um Teeth Like God Shoeshine. They they both kind of just really drive and have a similar feel and they, they both hit really hard. And again, yep. like convenient parking is way back, way back. Way back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Way back. Well well and and that's what's cool. It is about that. And um uh, I also took it to be though. There's some of the things that he says, and there's you know some of the lyrics are repeated, and you kind of get that classic build up, and then you have the Isaac Brock kind of explosion with screaming yeah. words that 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 he does. But um, to me, what he's singing about in this song is is also about urban sprawl and like the oh, way yeah. it's the way the way it's spreading. The chain out reaction it's like, oh, started oh, in the oh, parking lot. Yeah. Yeah, 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 like it's here, but then it's gonna go. It goes into the streets, and then it goes into the highways, and yeah. on its way to other other cities. And it does, man. It just branches out. It, it's it's like a virus. I shouldn't make it that joke during these times, but it it kind of is. So. Yeah, no, I, um, I really like that song. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, then we go to number four, which is Lounge Perens Closing Time. And dude, I fucking love. Mm-hmm. the way the song starts that that just the way the rhythm the the guitar comes in and that yeah. it's so catchy it is so catchy man it is it's it's really really good and he really has um, another an, another guitar trick on there where he's just pushing on that whammy bar yeah if you listen yeah. to it he he really makes good use of of his uh tremolo on this thing and just really ranks on it in some of them i i like that yeah, yeah, and and with this one, it, it this is one of those songs. I like. I, I think I've talked about it. Kind of ebbs. This album ebbs and flows a lot with ups and downs, and it starts off like really upbeat, really upbeat. Goes through a couple of verses and everything, and then it kind of chills out, chills out mm-hmm. for a bit, and then it, and then of course, and then it like gets, gets it, right slowly, back into it. Slowly builds up. I feel like one thing they're really good at is kind of building the song back up and have you know it has some sort of attention to it oh yeah and 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 then it a lot of times it'll it'll explode again and and uh i think towards the end of this song we do get some distant distant vocals in in the back which is which is their little bit of their staple so and i i love how they throw back um as they're in the slow part they kind of throw back uh to the lyrics of heart cook's brain and they say i i'm my way to i don't know my brain's a burger and my heart's a charcoal In the way back vocals, you know, yeah, like yeah, more like this, yeah. like more like this. Okay, <laughs> yeah, this, way, this good, yeah, way, way back, yeah, way back, in the way, way back. But I, I love that uh, tie-in, you know. Oh, it's real cool, totally, man, totally. Um, and then we go to yeah, number five here. We got uh, yeah, Jesus Christ was an only child, which I think is true. He didn't have any half brothers or sisters that we know of, right? Nothing like, we know. I know Joe. I know Joseph was way older than mary 
but I don't know if he had any previous uh, liaisons yeah. with other women. So I couldn't, I couldn't tell you that. That's tough to That's, say. I'm not like yeah. a bibliophile. Yeah, no, me neither. It, I, I've always found this uh, song interesting. Uh, a nice departure from the others. The use of the fiddles really good. Um, it's yeah. it's probably the, the most okay. well violin fiddle whatever. Violin, I don't want to. I don't want to say underproduced, but it is one of the most sparse in its in its arrangement. Yeah, and it's basically it's that violin or fiddle, his acoustic guitar and the vocals for the most yeah, there's, part. Yeah, there's, there's some there's, percussion, there's some but others. not a not a proper set, I don't yeah. believe. Yeah. Yeah, the song you definitely good. Yeah, well it, it has such like a kind of like a folky, kind of jiggy feel to it. It's it's different. It's a different song for sure. It is. The one thing that I always thought was strange is in the background almost being one of the rhythm tracks it sounds like him yelling gibberish in a distorted way yeah like yeah, almost like what, he's like through a kazoo or just something weird like that but it's it's kind of it, funny yeah and it's it's pretty far back so it doesn't to me when i listen to it it doesn't detract from anything else musically but it it's definitely there uh and yeah it's it's, it's it is weird what he's what he's doing um and and what he's singing for sure yeah but it, oh. it's it's unique and and honestly i can't say that i've ever that was one thing that always struck me about this song is i don't remember hearing that before yeah yeah it's something i i once i sat down and like really listened to it 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 popped up for me too yeah um so then we move on to the other one dude <sighs> dude oh gotta be the best song on the album i don't i don't care uh, who you are i mean yeah 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 i think seeing so. them perform this live is is a is truly a treat oh it's so bad it's such a you good know? song dude the, it, do so Doing the doing cockroach, the cockroach. <laughs> yeah. in case you didn't know. Uh, but dude, yeah, dude, this song just fucking rocks, man. Uh, the lyrics it, are so dark and and awesome. I, I feel like it's it's like you're just you know like a cockroach. You're just surviving. Like you're just yeah. surviving. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, I just to me it's one of those songs where where the the tempo is just awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, it starts off a little slow, but then it builds and it moves and it grooves. And you know, he's talking about, I, I take it. He's talking about all these people, you know, this one's a doctor, this one's a lawyer. Yeah. I'm talking, I'm thinking like, like dude, they're, they're kind of cockroaches. They're like all over the place and they're just like doing their thing. And, um, you know, some people are doing good. Some people are doing bad, but well, yeah. yeah. And, just, and, you know, based on the lyrics, like he's just sitting on the train and he just has to just endure whatever listen to bullshit that shit. they're spewing, you know? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, um, it's, I it's can, just a phenomenal song. Yeah. yeah I, I can, can listen, listen to it, to over, it and over. over and over. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it has that, it has that kind of, there's that classic, what I'll call the classic, like modest mouse guitar sound. I know we talked earlier yeah. about, you know, the, the Bob Marley reggae scratch sound, but I feel like modest mouse has their, you know, yeah, just and the, it with the drum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it just does it. it. It's great, man. I love it. It's a good. Oh, I do too. It's 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 a really uh, to me that's a really unique way of playing, and that was one thing that always struck me about it is like I thought it was cool because you know you think of 
oh, well, this is where you'd play a solo. But he, he uses it more like um, <laughs> like to make sounds than to worry about. You're right. He makes sounds. That's that's probably a good and way to say it. That's what's cool There's, about it. I mean, much yeah. it's similar, different, but also similar to the way Tom Morello, I think, does things. Okay. You know? so many people have played the solos who gives a shit about the solos anymore it's like dude yeah try to one up you know somebody it's like somebody's played it like yeah yeah do something a little different yeah it's cool um and then we go move on to uh cowboy dan which you know if doing the cockroach is your favorite song i mean cowboy dan's got to be close to you know second i'm sure like this is uh, another great great song on the album uh and this is one that they did re-record with 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 phil ack yeah uh, but but it, it again this has such a good beat and it it has a real it, it does have a, like a darker darker feel and darker sound definitely um and i do feel like it has this i don't know if i would say like a kind of like a western feel or oh, something yeah. like that maybe Absolutely. i maybe For i just sure. feel it i mean it it, it it does but maybe i'm also thinking that because cowboy dan or something but um but i guess cowboy dan was was actually the name of like one of isaac's isaac brock's dad's friends mm-hmm. was named it was named cowboy dan now the song doesn't have anything to do with his dad's friend or anything he just he was like ah, i just thought it was a cool name for like a character so yeah I just, you know, whatever was, i put yeah. it in there yeah, I mean, he's a major player, you know, in, in, the, in the cowboy, cowboy scene. scene. Yeah, so and I, hard to I, argue with that. When when the song slows down, he he has some interesting lyrics, you know, about every time you think you're talking, you're just moving your mouth, and uh, right. just uh, uh, I don't know, like you said, that of, that unique way of looking at the world and phrasing it. A lot of people out there talking. Yeah. And and then you go into Trailer Trash, which is actually having watched the documentary. It, it's really a sad song about his parents and his family, and not knowing if he's going to graduate high school. And I mean, it's uh, kind of a desperate uh, song in a way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, I don't know if you've tried to eat snowflakes with a plastic fork, but it's not easy. It's yeah. really hard. Uh, no, um, it's yeah, it's it's definitely. Um, I, I really like the song, and it does have that kind of a sort of a regretful, maybe melancholy feel oh, yeah. to it, or just like yep. thinking back to a time when shit was tough, right? And um, and, and my favorite line. Uh, off the song is you know i guess that i miss you and i'm sorry that i dissed you Mm -hmm. uh it's i I mean i think you know we've all been in situations like that um but but yeah i mean when he was growing up he lived in a trailer and but he does talk about it he's like yeah you know i was in like third or fourth grade and it's like yeah you know it wasn't it wasn't awesome but he was like and he probably didn't know any better i I was a kid yeah yeah yeah, i didn't know any better i'm riding around on my bike having fun just doing what what kids do but then i think as you get older and you look back at it you might have a different perspective of it yeah. then yeah so um yeah which is it's interesting because this it, i think the these two songs uh trailer trash and out of gas segue really well into each other because the trailer trash portion is more like about his young childhood and family and then when you go into out of gas it's kind of like you get to the age where he was when they wrote the album. the album they're out of college they have no money they're like what the fuck are we doing kind of a yeah, sentiment yeah. you know like, yeah, like uh, hey, we don't know where we're gonna sleep tonight. 
Yeah, we're recording, we're on tour, we got paid. Like, do we have enough money to get to the next city or town where we have our next gig? Like, yeah, and um, yeah, it's, you know, Out of Gas is definitely, definitely that song. It's a short song, uh, but uh, but yeah, it just, it, it has this kind of uh, another, I don't, I don't know if I'd say melancholy, but it, it has this mundane, repetitive feel. Like, okay, we're on tour, we're playing, we're going to do this. God, I hope we can make it to the next town. Okay. We played the show. Now hopefully we can make it to the next town. Right. Like, well, I just, I think it's a really good, like coming of age kind of song because it's, it's just like kind of figuring out where you're at at that point in time and where you're going or where you think you're going. Yeah. 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 Where you're trying to go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so then after we're out of gas, uh, so long distance drunk. Um, and, and to me, this, this song is really interesting. I, I believe it's mostly percussion, it seems. Yeah, there is guitar in there, it. but they're playing it in a real rhythmic, just kind of banging on it kind of a way. And I've always enjoyed yeah. how he plays guitar on this song because it, um, it has a different and unique sound that, that I can't say that I've heard in many others. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a trippy song too. Like it's just, it has, it's, it's very different than I think a lot of the other songs on the album. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is, I think this is the one that I'm like, I remember like specifically like us listening to this, like, mm-hmm. cause I always we loved it. I just, I just thought it was just kind of weird. And, um, and, yeah. and I, I, the, the repetitive lyrics, but I, I don't know, just always like this song for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah, and well, it's, the next one. I mean, you could kind of see it, right? You're just like talking to someone on the phone and just like fucked uh, up, and you're like, "All right, are we yeah. good here?" Or what? Yeah, like I, I got nothing else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got nothing else. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the next song, "Shit Luck." I now, know song, one of your favorites. If, if, if dude, if the first song doesn't just like kick you in the balls, this one definitely does, right? Yeah. Like it is just it is in your face, like screaming. So yeah, it is the most hardcore like punk song on the album, and um, yeah, I mean the other ones may hint at that we're in trouble, but this one, the opening <laughs> line is "This plane is definitely crashing." Definitely crash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't pretend to be anything that it's not. Um, and you know, this must have been. This must have been a fun song for them, not only to record but also play live. Oh, but yeah. from just from from a recording perspective, he's just like just being able just to like scream those lyrics and scream those words and not try to like carry almost any sign of uh, kind of like melody or tone or like oh I got it I got to really just nail this part perfectly. Like it's like dude Isaac, just let it go in there and let it rip. Like I have a feeling this one didn't take a whole lot of takes. No, that's just I, and one what thing I, I will say is I think the the lyrics and and the way they're delivered are probably off putting and maybe even the content to a lot of people. But I really do like the music part of it. I mean, I mean musically, yeah. it's it's just um, it it's like you're you you got to be almost breaking strings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's intense. It is intense for sure. Um, well, then we move on to the the longest song on the album, and uh, Trucker's Atlas is eleven minutes, eleven minutes, and it's to me. I I mean, I've heard this song a lot. I listen to this album a lot, 
And I, I know it's an 11 minute song, but to me, sometimes it doesn't really feel like it's 11 minutes. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is about it that moves because it, there are transitions and things in it, but it pretty much keep, keeps the same feel uh, from what I remember throughout the whole thing. And I, I, that that's just, it's just kind of interesting to me that, that I don't, really get sick of her i'm like oh okay is the song done yet for an 11 minute song yeah i would agree um i i've never got sick of it 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 is also one of my favorites and i really like the end honestly where they're done with the lyrics and they just play just it out play like there's there's yeah. nothing there it's it's like they just kept rolling the take with no goal dude. in mind yeah no dude that drum beat man it's just mm-hmm. fucking cool great dude it is great and you're right they're just kind of like i don't know we'll just we'll just see where this song goes and i think they do say something about it in the documentary that they were like ah you know we just kind of kept playing we just assumed that you know they they you know whatever they'd like fade it out at some point or whatever but it just goes and goes and goes and yeah well you're right when the lyrics kind of get done it just it, it they just keep kind of doing random things and, and don't act like you don't there. you don't listen every time for that weird little sound effect that I can't oh, yeah. even figure out what it is, but it's like, bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think they talk about that. And doc- like that was a complete accident. Like it yeah. just, just happened. Right. It's just like, I don't know what that was, but it was just some digital artifact or something that ended up in there. Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's, interesting. It's, awesome. it's like, and yeah, I've always like really maybe- liked the, the lyrics too, because this is your, <sighs> driving around the country and probably meeting some weird ass people at truck stops and shit song and dude ending up in just towns and cities that you didn't even know existed right yeah sure 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 all right take us take us to the next one grim polar opposites um oh, man they don't uh, push away man no um a little a little slower but then again you know builds up and um i do i i have always enjoyed the line i'm trying to drink away the part of the day that i cannot yeah. sleep away that's pretty good yeah that's- yeah the, the song to me it definitely it has this real obviously with those kind of words it has a melon kind of a melancholy feel and it sounds like he has remorse or this was some sort of a breakup. Yeah, that's, potentially. That's what, I, that's what I gather from it, too. But but he also never references like a person, really, or a situation. He just I mean, yeah, we've all been in shitty situations, but it, it's one of those mm-hmm. things where it's like this is I'm going through a really tough time and I don't want to think about it. So I'm going to sleep all day. And when I can't sleep anymore, I'm going to drink. And when I can't drink anymore, I'm going to go to sleep and just, you yeah. know, you just like, you know, you kind of like wishing the days away just so you can like get past, yep. past that, that point, not, not feel the pain. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. <clears throat> then, uh, well then we move on to true love weights. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, to bankrupt <laughs> on selling. So, for for any Radiohead fans out there and Modest Mouse fans, you might know or think that these sounds, the songs, are both very, very similar. And now, if you listen to the True Love Waits that's on one of the more recent Radiohead albums, it doesn't sound like the 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 versions, the the early versions that were kind of the bootleg versions and and whatnot. But that guitaring, uh, guitar yeah. strumming pattern is like. And it's not like I, I don't think 
so i mean especially in 97 it's not like one band heard it or another band heard it or anything like that i just think they both kind of came up with the same part i mean is it from a music perspective i mean it seems pretty freaking close man it is It, it is really close um yeah i i don't know that it's the same chord structure Chords. but it's it, it is damn close it really that is that strumming pattern is very very close yeah, and, yeah. Um, it, yeah. it's all really close <laughs> and well, different different <laughs> uh content i mean this is you know more about just uh yeah the consumerism driven culture definitely and and so the, the story of this song kind of goes is they, they wrote it when they are in the van on the road. And it was, I think they were driving at night and uh, Dan Gallucci, he had a guitar and he's just kind of started playing that, you know, playing the part. And then Isaac Brock just started singing some words and that's just kind of, kind of how it, how it came to be. Huh. And and Isaac Brock said, he's like, I, he's like, I normally don't do that because it's, it's, he's like, I'm so much more comfortable with like a guitar in my hand or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. and and I can see that being like a singer songwriter. Right. But, oh sure. um, and I love my favorite, you know, my favorite line for this song is, uh, I'll, I'll go to college and learn some big words. I'll talk real loud. Goddamn right. I'll be heard. And mm-hmm. it's, that is, uh, it's so great. I mean, cause he's obviously making fun of all those people who, who do that. And that's, it's such a, privileged american thing right perspective and it's i feel like it's it's kind of a precursor in a way to way uh to how uh, social media is in oh sure yeah now you don't even dude you don't even need to go to college right i have facebook i have twitter i have a voice and i can run my mouth to the masses so listen to me and whatever i'm saying is right and i get to hide behind the screen and uh i feel very comfortable here That's pretty much, yeah. It pretty much hits the nail on the head, man. Yeah, I have to so, say, I'm not. It's a good thing I'm not cynical at all, right? Yeah. Well, but yeah. in this instance, you're correct. But um, I think it it transitions well into the next, into the last song, uh, "Styrofoam Boots." It's all nice. It's all nice on ice. All right. Ice. All right. Um, it's a tongue twister. Yeah. Yeah. But that that one starts slow and builds up um, with just an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Always been a huge fan of the lyrics. And I don't know exactly the whole story here, but it's been evident for me after traveling a good deal to Europe for work that uh-huh. America has an odd obsession with ice. When you when you get drinks over there, they they do not come with ice. You have to ask for it. And many right. colleagues that I've had come over here will specifically ask for drinks without ice because oh, okay. they don't understand why Americans have to have ice in everything we drink and so much of it. And I, I feel like ice is a luxury. It probably started out as a luxury. And you know why we put ice in everything? Because we can. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and well, I don't know if it's about that, but this is like what I take from it all the time. Well, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, man, from a business perspective, fuck it. Yeah. Dude, I will fill your glass full of ice because if it's full of ice, 
then less of my product is going in it and you're paying the same amount for it. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I will, Alpha, you, you want, you want double ice? I will double that shit up for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's a great point. I, 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 that's a really, really good point. That's something I, and I haven't, I haven't noticed. Um, my, uh, <clears throat> go, this song is, it's interesting because it has kind of two titles, the styrofoam boots, and then it's all nice, you know, nice, all right. And the song itself is kind of like two separate songs that are, that are, that are put together. And yeah. in, in the, the styrofoam boots, like the first half of the song, <clears throat> my favorite line is he's looking at something else, but directing everything to me. Yeah. I'm just like, dude, <clears throat> we've all been in a situation where somebody's doing something, somebody's saying something and they may not be looking at you in the eye, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's right coming, to it, you. It, it's, it's coming your way. So, well, and, um, and what is it? You'll be, you'll be drowning boots like mafia, but your mafia. feet will still float like Christ. Oh, like it, Christ. it's, I'll be down. Really, really interesting imagery. And, um, yeah. and I, and, and I like how it starts out like a folk song. And, and then the it drums, does. the drums just push it. Kick I mean, the, his, oh man. God, dude, his that Eric Judy, right? Like his, I, I think, or no, sorry, Jeremiah Green. His, Jeremiah, yeah. I, I feel like his drumming is is so underrated, dude. It's you don't badass. hear a lot of people like, talk about it, but it, I mean, it to me, it like it just drives and pushes the whole record. Yeah, it's really good. It's on point and it's very noticeable. And you're right, people don't talk about it enough. But uh, on this album, there's certain songs where you're like it. it it hits and it makes a point. It really stands out. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and not yeah. your standard rock beats. No, no, definitely not. Definitely. I like not. how he, he uses the hi hat a lot, kind of like almost uh, more so like people would in like dance or disco kind of beats. I, I don't know. He's he has a yeah. really interesting approach. Does he does? Well, my friend, I think it's about that time. I think it's about your time this time. Ah, shit. I knew it. I know yep. it. Okay. You know what? Here's the thing. I know. I know you think you know. I, know I do. You I, do. You know. I do think I know. I know you think you know. And uh, having listened to this song a few, uh, listen to this song, listen to this album a few times this week, I kind of think I changed. Uh. I kind of think I mixed it up. Um I actually have to go with uh, Jesus Christ was an only child. And I have a feeling that might be yours. Well, shit, son. That puts us at what we'd call a a real... This is what the scholars would refer to as a real shit pickle because that's exactly... (laughs) That would be my choice as well. All right. Well, so then, obviously... Um, well, let's talk first. Let's talk for a second about why we chose okay. that song. Um, I, you know, for me, I feel like it, it kind of doesn't fit the album. And uh, even though, you know, it, it does have that folky feel, this is like the only song with either whatever the fiddle, the, the violin. Yeah. And even though even though Styrofoam Boots kind of does have a folky feel, like it, it kind of gets away with it because of where the song goes. But I just feel like I feel like Jesus Christ was an only, I, it just. It, it, to me, it just doesn't fit, and I could very easily, very easily, and many times have gone from lounge closing time right into doing the cockroach. I mean, 
Yeah. Uh, how could you I, not? I, right. I don't know. I really have a hard time with anything because that is probably about the same way that I would have framed it. Yeah. Cut from the same cloth, my friend. Um, Damn. So, so obviously, obviously the next we, we both know it, it is the obvious song, right? Do you want to do you want to announce it? Because you you picked I think you picked Jesus is the only child because you knew I was going to pick this song. Oh no! I no no. My okay. my thought for you was shit luck. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Of now, course. Now if it we is. if yeah. we had a tie game and we had to pick something else, uh, I think I'd probably pick bankrupt on selling. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Not that it isn't a great song, which I think it is, but man, I just um, it it's it, it does slow things down so much that 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 would be. In in the event of a tie, that would be my choice. Okay, okay. I I would have a hard time with bankrupt on selling because I uh, I just love I love what it says and kind of what it I feel like what it stands for. I do too. Um, but you know, I also and to love me, what shit luck says. See, and that's <laughs> the thing to me. Yeah, well, to me with shit luck, it's I love that it's raw and intense and in your face. And at the same time, I'm just like, Ick. it's it's just like. Too much. I a feel like much. Yeah, I, can I feel see like that. I feel like whenever I'm listening to like the, uh, there's something to be said for going to from a song like Long Distance Drunk, which is a little kind of quieter and a little slower and everything mm-hmm. right into an intense song like Shit Luck. I just feel like every time I'm listening to Long Distance Drunk and Shit Luck comes on, I immediately turn for the audio dial to turn turn down the volume because it's just like it's almost too much it's almost too loud yeah um, okay that's fair so yeah it, i would definitely have to it is loud yeah yeah i think that's you know part of the point right? yeah yeah sure um, so well all right we both picked uh jesus christ was an only child which is probably debatable by some folks but um and our tiebreaker is shit luck and bankrupt on selling all right. Yeah. All right. Cool. We can still be friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's so much more to say about this, this record and anyone who hasn't watched the pitchfork documentary, because it is, yeah. it is it's on just, YouTube. Yeah. 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 It's phenomenal. Really, yes. really good. And, and you won't get bored. No, no, definitely not. So, like, for this, go to YouTube, and all you have to type in is uh, whatever, Modest Mouse, The Lonesome Crowded West, and it'll be one of the first things that comes up. And it's uh, Pitchfork, great documentary, good interviews with the producers, all the musicians. There's even an interview with Elliot Smith, a short little clip. I mean, it's it's really pretty cool, um, the, the kind of the access they had and, and all, the foot, all the old footage, too, right? Yeah. Like, they had some really good old footage of them in the studio and, and whatnot. It's pretty neat. And if you haven't been exposed to this band start here yeah definitely start here <clears throat> and then just go yeah just go so well already everyone that officially scratches modest mouses the, the lonesome, lonesome crowded, crowded west. west we are very very happy to have you here and uh can't wait to continue to uh, do some more albums i think we're gonna get offline here we're gonna talk about what we got coming next week because I'm sure I have my opinions. He has his opinions, and we'll kind of have to split the in difference. In the event of a tie, so, you know. <laughs> in the event of a tie, you know. So, well, thank you, everyone. Uh, feel free, joining. actually. 
actually not feel free, don't feel free, just do it. Subscribe to this YouTube video, this YouTube channel. Hit that little bell so that way you get a reminder when the Dude and Grim posts an episode because we know you want to know. Right? And we want to tell you. And we want to tell you because we got lots to say. I mean, this is, we, we could keep going, uh, yeah. but we're not going to. All right, we're going to keep in this one under an hour. So, all right, take care, everyone. We'll see you soon. We'll see you Scratch next week. See you later. Scratch a track is produced by the Dude and Grim. Additional music provided by Moore, that's dot, 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 M O R E, and the Tims, T I M N Z. Copyright 2020. The Dude and Grimm Show.